Welcome along to episode 605 of The Milk Bar. Jason Forrest here with you as ever. And coming up on this week's show, we'll be finding out more about the Wolves Literature Festival, joined by Phil Turner, who's been booking a load of brilliant acts for the weekend of the 12th through to the 14th of February. We'll be hearing from Barry Smith of the Black Country Accordion and Music Club, finding out about what they've been up to and what they hope to be up to again soon. And we'll have a little bit of accordion music from him. On the music front as well, Dan Haynes joins us. We'll be listening to a sneak preview of his latest EP. He's doing work in his own right at the moment, so it'll be absolutely brilliant to hear that. Also, we'll be talking about chair yoga and how you can get a little more flexible, all from the comfort of your chair. Plus, Susan Murray along to let us know about the latest Red Imp event, which is coming to a screen you very soon. That's all on The Milk Bar this week. Welcome to The Milk Bar. 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 With the Wolverhampton Literature Festival taking place from the 12th through to the 14th of February, there is loads to see online this year. A gentleman who's been booking an awful lot of it is Phil Turner, who joins me now. Hello. Hello, how are you doing? I'm, I'm good. I, I trust we find you well and ready for another exciting festival this year, because it's not your first rodeo when it comes to these yeah. things. <laughs> no, no, no. It's uh, it's just at that stage now where it's uh, too late to uh, return. <laughs> <laughs> but um, awful lots uh, booked in. It's going to be a really busy three-day event, and all of it online. So this brings a whole new twist to what you've seen in the past when you've been involved. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, we're sort of um, all longing for the time we can be in a room um, watching writers and artists um, all together. Um, I suppose the way we've um, circumnavigated that this year is obviously, you know, we've got no choice to put it online, but we're trying to make a sort of as intimate as experience as we can by um, limiting the number of um, people that can attend each event to try and give each event still a little bit of an occasion, really. Mm. Yeah, making it all real. And some will be live, some will be pre-recorded, and some will have people in the front row. Others, it'll be a purely watching experience. And this is a novel way of doing it, but at least we've had a little bit of time to prepare for. And I know that the, the whole team are really excited about what they're bringing to the screen, the stage screen, but the screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I suppose one of the advantages of where we find ourselves at is that um, we don't have to think um, about things in such kind of parochial terms. So if you can sort of beam um, people in from the using the power of the Internet, then that widens the scope of people who might want, want to be involved, really. But we still try to keep it quite a local, um, you know, keep it full of homegrown talent, really. Yeah, well, there's, there's always some, some big national and international names involved uh, because it is you know, literature and literature is global but there is so much great talent locally too and uh, I know that it, it is always a showcase and there's some, been some brilliant work already we've been talking about so what what do we know so far I, I know there's, there's a lot of details online but expand on some of your favorite events for me so yeah so this this year headlining um just um, the night prior to the festival, we've got John Ronson, the journalist, um, which uh, who, who I've been wanting to see for quite some time. So really excited to have him on board. Um, actually, the week before the festival, we had a, we've got an event that um, it sold out really, but uh, it sold out in just a couple of hours. But um, Robert Robert Lloyd, the singer from the Nightingales, who's um, 
film with um, Stuart Lee is uh, being released on Sky Arts um, mm. the, night, the, the night before he does his talk. Um, we've got Shobna Galati, we've got Sathnam Sangera making a return. So obviously it's exciting to get you know someone um, homegrown back onto the back onto the bill. Um, what else have we got? We've got um, Jed Mercurio, the writer and creator of Line of Duty and Bodyguard. Um, and we've got some more acts of past leaves, which we're announcing um, today, actually. Um, so um, we've got uh, Rob Halford from Judas Priest, which is obviously really exciting. I mean, if we were in a sort of live arena, we, would, we wouldn't probably be able to book him. I mean, we'd love to book him, but because he lives in Arizona, that gives a bit of a geographical obstacle. So th this, this, this kind of online world gives us an opportunity to do that. So I think his talk will be really exciting because obviously I think he's a man with uh, a lot of stories to tell. <laughs> <laughs> we're, um, we're also announcing um, Robin Ince, the comedian and the presenter from uh, Infinite Monkey Cage. Um, and um, he's 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 done quite a popular book about how our brains work, and he uh, examines um, things like um, what makes us laugh, um, what makes us anxious, how we can combat that. He's tried to distill what makes us creative. Uh, so I think that's um, that's right at the end of the festival, and I think that'll give um, hopefully people um, a lot of inspiration. And being a comedian, probably a few laughs as well, because he's um, talking to Susan Murray, the comedian on that. So Will Self's returning. Um, he's doing a musical experiment um, based on memory which is quite an interactive event and, and that's being looked after by the University of Wolverhampton. So there's an awful lot to, to see, hear and enjoy and I, I think this makes it more accessible than ever before. Uh, if you weren't as easily able to get to a venue, actually now if you've got a computer at home you've got the venue in your front room. And you know, people will be able to plug things into tellies and do, uh, and do stuff to, to be able to watch this on uh, a big screen and enjoy it probably much closer than they would do even even the most intimate venues in Wolverhampton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, it's it's you don't have to leave your house, do you? So um, you don't have the bus fares, you don't have you know parking fees and stuff like that. So um, so it, it, in some ways, if you're uh, lazily inclined like myself, it's quite <laughs> quite good. <laughs> I know that on a festival weekend, you've been to at least a quarter, if not half, of all the shows. And that's only because there are so many events, you can't physically get around them all. Yeah, I mean, um, it, it's, um, it, it's slimmed down, but obviously a local the local community, um, it, it has to be said, well, they've always made the event, you know, we've got things that are sort of staples of the festival now, like the, the Poetry Slam and... Um, just loads of lo lo local writers, uh, you know, Ian Henry, um, Emma Pursehouse, um, loads of people getting involved. And, they, and they, they're, they're kind of the big backbone of the festival. And it's nice to still be able to um, promote their promote local work through the festival, really. So it would have been a shame if we'd have had to sort of miss a year, really. Yeah, well, I say the ingenuity that's bringing this to uh, people's screens is going to make it even more enjoyable, I think. And uh, I say it'll be something different. And uh, you know, hopefully next year, fingers crossed, we'll be back sitting in places like the Little Civics and brilliant venues around the art gallery and so many other sites beside that. But for now, we've got an absolute treat ahead of us. And as you mentioned, some really fantastic names joining us from all over the world. So that's going to be absolutely brilliant there too. 
Where do we go for more information and uh, to get those limited tickets? It's www.wallsliteraturefestival.co.uk. So get online, get all the details. There's, there's even more on those apps, but it's nice to talk through it and a, a, a bit of an understanding of what's happening. And, and, and as booker for this event, you, again, you must be thriving uh, this year for, because most people are a lot more available. So it must, must be good fun being able to do this and, and get some uh, great content as we have. Yeah, yeah, hopefully it um, helps to put Wolverhampton um, into the wider world. That's, that's the aspiration, so... <laughs> We'll see how we go. <laughs> well, it's a, uh, always a treat to, to be involved in the festival in some way. Great to talk to you now. And uh, we're looking forward to the whole event, as we say, which takes place the 12th through to the 14th of February. Cheers, Phil. Thanks again and speak to you soon. Thank you. Thank you very much. The Red Imp is taking to the online airwaves with the latest of their fantastic comedy nights. Susan Murray, the Red Imp herself, joins me to tell me more. Hello. Hello. How are we doing? You all right? Yeah, I'm all right. A bit early, isn't it? Well, that's life, isn't it? We always have to work hard at crazy times of day, but there we go. I think you've, you've turned into my parents. Their sole goal, goal in life seems to be to deprive me of sleep by waking me up early. Since comedians don't really do first thing in the morning, do you? We're nighttime people. We start work. We have to be alert at 9 p.m. That's when we start work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, there, there's a whole novel concept. And hopefully the audience are a bit chilled out and they're going to sit back and just laugh a lot. That's the way, that's the way we like it. Yeah. Fill them full of alcohol in a, in a pub venue you're normally sorted. But unfortunately, you're not allowed out at the moment, as none of us are, which means that uh, the Reading Comedy Night is going to be online again. And February's got a fantastic lineup. Yeah, we have on February the 4th, we've got Lucy Porter's headlining. Um, and it's quite nice to have Lucy because she was quite resistant to Zoom gigs at first. And I think that's that's the case for a lot of the sort of bigger name comedians. But now they're just coming round to it thinking, well, there's literally nothing else we can do. <laughs> so we've got Lucy Porter, um, who's always always delivered. She's always fantastic. We've got Eddie Brimson. I don't know if you know who he is. He's a kind of he's from Hibble. Um He's an excellent comedian. He's gigs all over the world. He writes plays as well. And he also writes books about football hooliganism. That's his speciality. Right. <laughs> But he doesn't. His, his, his set's not about football. It's about it's about hating kids mostly, which I'm quite on board with. Um, <laughs> and um, and we've also got my my best friend actually, and my support bubble, but Mandy Muden. Um, she's a comedy magician, and she is she's a lunatic in real life, <laughs> and she's hilarious. Um, she's just she, yeah, she's really really funny, and people people really warm to her. So we're going to be filming it at her place actually, because she's got a spare room. We've set up a studio. We're gonna we've got proper lights and stuff. So I've got my banner here, so I'll take that down to hers and we'll we'll actually broadcast. Like we'll be together doing the gig, which will be like that's a rare thing when you're doing Zoom. You're normally just completely on your own, thinking, but... is my bookcase okay? <laughs> You've got a quality bookcase. And is that a new picture behind you as well? I've I've not spotted that before. Okay, that is um she's called uh, Mantis Antoinette. So it's a praying mantis in a kind of like, you know. In century dress, and that was a computer painting done by a person called Ant Fox, who's an artist who I went to school with actually in Willenall, yeah, at St Thomas More, and he uh, he designed the logo for my comedy club, the Red Imp. 
Well, there you go. I'm glad there's some nice like, local background to that one because uh, yeah. I, I, I always forget your St Thomas more because I was Paul Hayes when I, and our mutual oh, friend Kelly. Scum man. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we've got lots of things we could say about St Thomas More, but uh, it's just, we're keeping it polite. Hey, listen, we've got God on our side. We were Catholic. <laughs> the, 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 the rooks and fights that used to happen, but I'm sure it's not quite like that these days. In fact, both schools being closed at the moment means it's quite calm, doesn't it? Well, our school was always fighting with Darlow Comp because their playing fields backed onto our playing fields. I never actually saw any fights. It were always just rumours. I don't think they ever really happened, to be honest. No, they just said it and nothing really happened. It's, yeah, it's, all, yeah. it's, it's, fake, it's fake news, mate, fake news. That's the way. <laughs> so, uh, but the, the important news is this, this gig is going to be fantastic. And uh, so the, the, the whole Zoom thing, I think initially comedians, as you say, have been a little wary because it, it's the thought of your stuff being then shared in, on YouTube and in people's you know, timelines and things, because when you go to a comedy gig, you want to go and see fresh material, and you guys provide that every single time, and you have a set that you will work at around the country. And, and I know when you know, some the, the, the massive actors who do an awful load of uh, TV work, they will often use something that's maybe from an older tour when they do a telly piece. And uh, the same goes yeah, for, you, because, for you too. Yeah, you, I mean, um, you, you chew up, I mean, you chew up your material doing television. Um, you know, I've known acts that have done three different television shows and done the same material on all three, because if you've, if you've broadcast that material on telly, you can't do it live again. And it, you know, it takes a lot of time to write a lot of material. It's actually more time consuming than people would think. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, doing it on Zoom is fine. We only broadcast it as as live, so people can't watch it afterward. It's not not then on YouTube for people just to consume. Mm -hmm. That's not how it works. And comics don't want their Zoom gigs, you know, up on YouTube because there's, you know, it's again, it's like you know, it's like it's the same. It's broadcasting material, isn't it? So yeah. it, it, I mean, it, it's your livelihood, and you've got to make sure that you, you're protecting that. But so everyone's a little more comfortable with what's there. Uh, you know, I, I know that you're doing this in the uh, a, a top quality. It is a full television style presentation for people in their homes. Yeah, basically. And what we do, we, we have it. Um, it's it's broadcast simultaneously on YouTube and Zoom. So we have like about twenty five people on the Zoom, which is like you know that acts as a virtual front row. So we hear their laughter creates a bit of atmosphere and then everybody else who just wants to watch in their pants they watch that simultaneously on youtube well actually it broadcasts about 10 seconds later um which gives my my poor tech guy a bit of a heart attack because <laughs> 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 really some, sometimes i mean we had this at the beginning and like you know broadcasting zoom gigs on youtube it's 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 all still a work in progress for most people who are still doing it even even since last year because tech can be like that but sometimes the um the sound and the vision isn't quite synced up, so he has to tweak it live. And because all the different comedians are broadcasting from different areas with different, with different broadband speeds, each comedian's different as well. So he's really, really like, he's really stressed doing it. Bless him. But I mean, it generally works out okay. It's, yeah, it's fine. And you get a polished product, and it is like being at a gig only on your telly instead. And if you are one of the YouTube viewers, I would say you can probably get it on an app on your TV, which makes it a great way of doing it. If you're one of the, uh, uh, the Zoomers, and uh, I think Zoomers are still allowed to sit there in the pants, aren't they? No, you have to wear appropriate clothing. Okay, I'm right. So, so if you're, I don't, the... but they do. I can wear what I like. <laughs> My gig. It's part of the act, and uh, yeah, it's, uh, you, you can probably set that up so you can watch it on a big screen as well. But it's, it, we've seen it more, and with particularly with TV shows also going down the same route. I mean, Mock the Weeks had virtual audiences and, th and things like that. Yeah, I mean they've been doing it on radio shows as well, like um, on Radio Four. A lot of those audience. <clears throat> um, 
you know, they're actually Zoom. But I mean, it, obviously, it, you know, it matters less for a radio show because you don't see the audience anyway. Um, but a lot of the TV shows are now back in the studios with plastic screens and social distancing. Um, but I think, and they were doing distanced audiences because mm. I've, got, I've got a lot of friends that do um, TV warm-ups. Yeah. Um, but I think they're, they're having to do back to doing Zoom audiences now, which is, it's a bit weird. I mean, when I first, my first, um, my first online gig wasn't even a Zoom gig. So I was, it was just, it was being broadcast, but <clears throat> we couldn't hear or see any audience. Literally shouting jokes into a void of nothing. <laughs> it was utterly, utterly selfish. And the girl who used to fly for me in Edinburgh, she emailed me them last week and said, "Oh, I met my boyfriend. We're on. I'm on my year's anniversary with my boyfriend, and I met him while I was flying for you because he was flying for another actor who was a friend of mine." Yeah. And she said she was at college and asked how uni was going, and she said, "Oh, it's terrible doing these, having these online lectures." I went, "Listen, mate, doing a gig online." <laughs> It's way harder than a stupid lecture. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you may struggle to uh, to get the whole idea of uh, whether it's an art subject or some science across, but when you've got to get people smiling and laughing, you know, you, you've got it right, but it's it's taken work to get there, hasn't it? Yeah, it has, and they've, they've, they've gotten better each show, and, you know, we kind of encourage the big, hearty laughers to do Zoom. We don't, you know, if you've got someone sitting on Zoom and they're just sitting there in silence, it's almost pointless having them there because you think, we need need you for laughter and atmosphere because it's it has to be like a kind of a joint thing because it's it's difficult and we're trying to overcome you know what's we're just trying to work with what we've got and we need them to kind of meet us halfway basically <laughs> but then you've got the opposite you've got some people that are, they don't turn them we need their mics down at about 50 percent and um there's some some sitting there they've got them up at 100 and they've got a glass next to the computer and they're chucking ice in the glass and everyone can hear clunk clunk so these are all the weird and wonderful sort of like you know quirks that you get with doing zoom gigs but it's still going to be absolutely amazing give us all the details of where we find this and how we get involved so if you just google red imp comedy club uh, all the details are on the website and the tickets are between five and ten pounds depending on what you choose and uh, your chance to enjoy it and watch it I say, on, on a screen near you. And it can be that telly in the corner of the room. Smart TV, get on YouTube, do it that way. And uh, I'm sure you can work all your links out there and enjoy in glorious technical up close detail of uh, Susan and the gang. And I say, you, you've mentioned and bigged up the uh, the acts. Obviously, I think we definitely need to big up the MC as well, don't we? Yes, yeah, they're all fantastic. I mean, they're all absolutely fantastic. They've all been gigging for like, decades. They're all really professional. You know, they know what we do. They, they know what they're doing and they're, you know, they're all practiced at Zoom. So mm. everyone's on board and it'll be, a, it'll be a fantastic night. We're also on Twitter and Instagram. Just put Red Imp Comedy Club in, you'll find us. Yeah. All, the, all the socials, apart from Twitch. We're too old for Twitch. I, I, know, I still want to see you on TikTok. No, that's not happening. Okay, sport, sport. Well, I mean, <laughs> there's also rumours of you being part of the uh, Wolves Literature Festival as well. What's going on here? Oh, yeah, I'm going to be interviewing my mate Robin Ince um, about his book, which means I'm going to have to read it now. <laughs> it's been sitting on my shelf for like about a year and a half. Um, and actually, Robin did my last gig for me. Mm -hmm. And then um, Phil from uh, Wolverhampton Lit Fest just contacted me and asked me if I would do do an interview for Robin. And like, you've only got to ask him one question and he'll just talk for two hours. <laughs> but um I will read his book because I've been meaning to read it anyway. So I'm really, and that, I think that's Valentine's night actually. That's the 14th of Feb. Is that right? Is that, that is that with the that is the final night of the festival. So that should be good. 
Yeah, and I think that's between eight and nine o'clock. So we've got about an hour. So I've only got to think of like half a question, like what's your name? And then he'll just it'll, rabbit it'll be for away. an hour. <laughs> well, I say it's, that's going to be an awesome gig as well. Uh, but uh, yeah, keep doing what you're doing. Keep making people smile and uh, in the face of adversity, quite literally at the minute. And uh, we look forward to hopefully seeing you soon in real life at a gig in Wolverhampton. Brilliant. Thanks a lot, Jason. Thanks for having me. Bye. Now, Dan Haynes has been a regular guest over the years and he's got some brand new music in his own name out rather than one of his groups at the moment. And he joins me now for a chat. Hello, sir. Hello. Thank you for having me on. Well, it's always good to talk to you. Thank you for joining us once more. And it's been a few years. I, I know we did an interview in 2013 and I've just been looking back to try and see when else we've chatted since then. But there's, there's been quite a lot over the years, hasn't there? Yes. Yeah, you always saying today when we have how many times have been on and... Yeah, with how many different projects? Yeah, it's been a fair few times over the years, and uh, yeah, I, you know, it, it, it's great to be honest. That you know, like you, you're still going, and the melt bar's still still going strong. And I noticed the other day, 600 episodes. You know, are over over 600 episodes now. It's amazing. It's it keeps me in trouble, keeps me busy, which is what counts. But I mean, what is the current project? What's happening? This release I've got coming up is under my own name, um, uh, Dan Haynes, and. Uh, yeah, that sort of project's always sort of been bubbling underneath the surface, shall we say, you know, um, just, you know, as I think I was on with the, the Simon and Garfunkel project that I'm mm -hmm. involved in, um, that sort of about eight or nine years ago, that sort of took over really and became, you know, we became very busy with that. Um, so it's made it hard to sort of keep keep writing and, and keep trying to perform my own stuff. Obviously, that's just had to take a bit of a back, a back seat for a while, but um it was an old album that I'd done um, years ago that actually got picked up uh, by a label in Germany mm -hmm. randomly. I did a couple of years ago that they wanted to release that, and that sort of sparked the whole project again for me, really. And as I say, it's always been there in the background, but that, that sort of gave me a, a shunt to want to sort of really, you know, get moving again with it and get writing. And uh, yeah, that's what I've done. Started sort of writing new material, um, getting some support slots, doing some uh, support tours. And uh, and then now, yeah, it's led to the to the recording of this new EP, which is uh, which is great. Is it quite strange being fully yourself? Because obviously, with the, the Simon and Garfunkel work that you've done, bringing their music to life to, to to audiences who wouldn't get to see them, and they need to see it live because this is fantastic music. I mean, is it strange suddenly being you on stage? No, not really. No, it's quite it's quite it's quite nice. And to be honest, even with the Simon and Garfunkel project, you know, we always said we were never going to dress up. Mm -hmm. um, with and, and pretend to be Simon and Garfunkel so we've always sort of kept our own identity a little bit you know it's always been there for me um so you know to suddenly step out and just change the songs that I'm performing it hasn't really felt like you know a, a ch much of a change really or a big leap it's been yeah mm -hmm. quite, quite and with the hiatus in touring theatres not being open and obviously yours is very much a theatre show as well as being a live event uh, but uh, you know it, it's probably given you more chance to to reflect on the world and, and write more music too yes definitely i mean as i say i was i was planning to uh, record this ep um but certainly with <laughs> with touring stuff and it's given me a lot more time to to work on it and and and, and get it to a place that it probably you know would have never been in which is which is great um you know the people i've been able to get involved due to everybody <laughs> being you know their live stuff being on hold mm -hmm. the people that have been happy to be involved in it has been has been amazing and it's all added to the sound of the ep and yeah i'm really uh, i'm really grateful for the time that the people have given
And have you been able to get together for any of this and be socially distanced in the studio or have you been very socially distanced and all recorded in your own studios? There's been a bit of a mix. Um, as things got a little bit better, sort of, the, you know, the back end of the summer, mm -hmm. we were able to get together for a few sessions in the studio. A little bit different to how they would normally run, as you say, with the <laughs> all the social distancing in place and things like that. Um, you know, they weren't quite as relaxed as as some studio sessions can be but they were still great and there was still a good energy and we were still able to get you know to get the work done but then on the flip side of that as things have got worse certainly during the the, the mixing process there's been a lot of sort of back and forth via email and zoom chats and things like that you know to get it to get it finished off when normally that would have probably been a couple of days in the studio it's ended up being yeah, probably a month. <laughs> but but a month, even so, maybe. has that sort of given you uh, the listening experience as if you were one of your audience rather than being in a, a controlled studio situation? Because you, spending more time on something listening to it must have given you a, a greater opportunity to tweak things to be right for the user. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely an element of that. And um, yeah, I mean, I can't, yeah, the number of mixes that we've had over time, you know, you always end up with a lot, but this time around, yeah, there's been so so many and you know going out for so many walks just put it on these headphones take different headphones out with you or go and have a drive in the car you know i mean there's all things that you normally do but there's definitely been a lot more of it this time because we haven't been able to have the you know the tweaking sessions in the studio as you say so it's, mm -hmm. yeah and what is the theme for the ep have you got uh, yeah, a whole feel to it or is it a collection of songs that just mean a great deal to you yeah they've, they've sort of all come and come from the same sort of same sort of time period and they're all sort of linked in 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 one way or another um they certainly feel it feels like a nice collection of songs to me. Um, you know, I've had it with stuff before when you sort of have songs from different time periods and, you you know, you try and push them all together. And probably from a listener's point of view, they would never notice it. But from my point of view as the writer, I do, you know, you do sometimes listen back and think, oh, the songs feel different because they're from different time periods. Um, but I don't get that with this EP that, you know, there's... Uh, there's a definite flow for it for me, and they're all from the same sort of time period, and I think that shows in the writing as well. Hopefully, it makes it a you know a continuous experience for for the listener. Okay, so the important thing now is the socials and availability of the music. What do we do? Where do we go to? And how do we make all this happen and get some Dan Haynes in our ears? Well, the EP will be out on the 26th of February, and uh, if you want to get some snippets of it, you can find me on Facebook, um, facebook.com forward slash Dan Haynes Music, Instagram forward slash Dan Haynes Music. Um, and Twitter forward slash Dan Haynes Music. Uh, nice and easy to find me on all three. Okay, Dan, D-A-N-H-A-Y-N-E-S. That's right, yeah. That's yeah. Right. So uh, I know where I'm going to, which is the important part. So we check out the music. Uh, we're going to listen to a track now. What have you got for us? Uh, so this is the title track from the EP. This is a song called Wildfires. Well, Dan, always good to speak to you. Let's not leave it quite so long next time. In fact, I'd like to have a chat with you as soon as the EP is out there. So we'll see if we can set something up for late February, early March. But for now, thank you for joining us and keep up the good work. Yeah, thanks again for, for having me on. Yeah, coming back on in February would be, uh, would be amazing. Thank you. Further from your mind, you see, and I 
that soon gets old The spirals wildly out of control It's a version of things that you don't get told And I realize it now That I need a friend to talk to And I feel like I are too Cause I don't feel myself right now Start fires in the trees we love So out of touch from the smoke above We don't feel the heat that we're a part of Until it burns our skin Then you try to repair all the damage done You start making promises but keeping none Both to yourself and to everyone When you realize just how much you need a friend to talk to and you feel like you are too Cause you don't feel yourself right now Country Accordion and Music Club have been still chatting whilst they've not been allowed to get together in their usual way. The last live interview I did before all of this started, when I was actually able to meet people in real life, was with the gang. Barry Smith is one of their number and joins me now for a chat. Hello, sir. Hello there. So, good to talk to you. A shame it can't be in real life at the moment, but uh, I mean, last time we got together, we were all starting to get a little bit worried about the, uh, the coronavirus heading around. And of course, that's put pay to a large number of events you would normally have been doing in the last 12 months. No, we haven't been doing any live events at all. In fact, we lost all our work that we would have done the, the whole of the year. We've done nothing at all. In fact, we haven't done anything since your last interview in Wolverhampton. 
We will hopefully be able to get you back soon, and as soon as we can get out there, we'll have to get you all in for another chat. That'd be good, wouldn't it? That's absolutely fine, yes. Look forward to it. <laughs> so give us a, a bit of the history for those who don't remember our chat last year on the work that you do. I was a member of Club of Corps for 33 years, and cut the long story short, there was nothing local, and people said, why don't we have a local club? So five of us got together. Obviously, we, we had no money in the kitty, so we put £50 a piece, five of us, uh, just, just to open a bank account, and it's gone from there, from strength to strength. And normally, up until COVID, we were operating um, three nights a month. Um, the first Monday of the month is a social night where any members can come and play, whether a noddy player or whether an experienced player, come along and do the party pieces until they've exhausted the repertoire. That's one night, mm -hmm. which is it's all very friendly-like, you know. The um, third Monday of the month, we run a club band, um, which is about 16 or 17 members in, in the band. It's, it took some getting together, like, you know, to get everyone playing off the same in sheet. But we've, we've done two or three concerts at the Midland Accordion Festival and uh, at our own club, like, you know. That's been fairly successful. And then the fourth Monday of the month is a formal concert night where we have invited guests. In fact, we've had them from all over the world, Ukraine and France and all over. When it comes to the score and the music that you use for accordions, though, is that different to the, what might be put together, say, for a piano piece? Is it a special type of, of music that's written down for you? Or because you're both playing keyboards on those, is it very similar? The treble is exactly the same, except that you've got it on the side instead of in front of you. The bass is a little bit different because <clears throat> on a 120 bass accordion, <clears throat> which the majority of people play, um, you have um, six rows of bass, counter bass, fundamental row, major chords, minor chords, dominant sevenths and diminished sevenths. Um, Whereas with the, the piano, you have to make the chord with your left hand. With those, you've got them contained in a button. But the thing with the piano, you can whatever chords you can make within the span of your hand, you can do on the piano. With this accordion, you're only stuck with the buttons you've got. They do a free bass accordion, which is a different upmarket accordion, which the, the classical people play, and that's... Um, it, it's it's like a gear change, for want of a better description. <laughs> it alters it from our Stradella system, and it makes all single notes on the bass, so you can actually play a melody on the bass. But that's that's very advanced, you know. Yeah, because uh, I suppose, are you limited to the number of notes you can play at the same time on your average accordion? Well, uh, you can play a maximum five, really. You've only got five fingers, you know, five on the, the right hand, mm -hmm. on the bass. Um, the chords are already made for you. Like if you were playing a C chord on the, the treble, it would be um, th three or four fingers, whereas with a, a bass button, it would just be a single button to, to, to give you the same sound. So that makes it easier to get a full sound. And the accordion is such a rich-sounding instrument, isn't it? There's an awful lot going on. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you've got, you got four, over 400 reeds on the 120 bass accordion in, in total, you know. And uh, there are all, all types of accordions, all types of reeds, you know. Um, uh, well, it's, it, it, uh, it's a 
quite a science really if you really go into it. You get cassato chambers which give it a richer sound, you know, and, and projects, projects the sound far, far more. And are there accordion manufacturers out there bringing innovations? Are there things that are slightly different to, to standard or is it pretty much a, an instrument where the, the older ones are the ones you want? You don't necessarily want a modern machine. Well, I, I prefer the 50s and 60s models, but I mean, uh, it's horses for courses, really. Um, one of the largest manufacturers areas in the world, in fact, what we, we term accordion, says the epicenter of the accordion manufacturing, is uh, Castelfredardo in Italy. Mm -hmm. And normally I, I go over there and we visit a number of factories. I mean, in its heyday in the 50s, there was 120 factories, accordion factories in Castelfredardo. I think there's about 16, maybe up to 20 there, you know, because they're coming and going. But they're getting far less. Having said that, they do make them in other parts of the world. I mean, you've got Halne in, in, in Germany. And even their accordions today, they have, they're made in various factories. Some are even made in Italy. Um, and this is the way it goes. And the, a lot of the old brands <coughs> from the 50s, um, they, they've... Uh, been sold off, the factories have gone, and uh, other manufacturers are uh, making the Gordons under their brand name. But <coughs> I suppose when you're looking at a machine that's you know, 50, 60 years old now, spare parts for that are sometimes a little difficult to get hold of. Uh, are the reeds something which you have to have manufactured especially now, or, or is there a group of people doing this for you? There's quite, there's quite a number of people doing it. Um, I mean, locally, you've got the Birmingham Accordion Centre, and he um, repairs pretty well any make of accordion, you know, and that they can even make their own reeds. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it's, it's quite a science really because, um, I mean, obviously the best reeds are handmade and um, I always wondered, we've, we've got all the science and technology with metallurgy now and it always puzzles me how years ago you get Fred in his workshop bashing reeds out and they tend to be better quality than than uh, they made today, you know. <laughs> but I mean, it is it is a lively musical sound, and, and one which, when you've got a group of accordion players together, just sounds phenomenal, doesn't it? A whole orchestra of orchestras, effectively. Oh yes, I mean there are there are uh, orchestras all over the world, accordion orchestras. I mean, it's it, the accordion took a knock because guitars took over in the sixties, and it, mm -hmm. it took a back seat. And my biggest disappointment since we started the club was getting the younger generation um, interested. That has been, in, in fact, that's where where I failed in a way. I've, I've offered to, to go and do workshops in schools and I've written to schools and it's, it's all down to their curriculum. They can only do what they are told to do. You know, there's no, no human... Uh, saying it now these days. Yes, it's, it's all set, but I mean the, the accordion itself though would be a great instrument to play because it is instant music. Once you can play an accordion, you've got that whole sound. It is you know, so many notes in one. It's like having a portable piano, but a wind instrument and such a distinctive sound. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, you've got, you've got all, sorts of, all sorts of accordions for the, as, as I said before, it's horses for courses. You get a lot of the Irish people, you know, they, they prefer what we call a two-voice accordion. And um, they're a sharper sound. The, the Scottish um, uh, have got um, music 
sound, the French uh, Musette sound, but that's slightly, slightly tuned slightly different. Mm-hmm. Um, so- you get a, a two-read Musette and a three-read Musette, and you get one that's slightly out of tune with the other, and that gives it that vibrato sound. You know, the purists don't like don't like that, but I mean the Scots and the French, it's all music, or mainly music. So a, a wide variety of, of different sounds. Have you got an accordion with you now? Yes, yes. Would you like to yes. play us a little tune then? Yes. <clears throat> I mean, this is a whole 120 bass. It's a five-voice accordion. For want of a better description, if you can imagine a wooden harmonica, it's got sort of five uh, wooden harmonicas in, inside. This is a tune that I wrote for the Palomine that used to played with us and sadly he passed away. His name was Sid Powell, so memories of Sid. Barry, that's lovely. Raise a glass to Sid for us as uh, we enjoyed that very, very much. Meanwhile, where do we find out more information uh, about the, uh, the the group? There is a website, but it really needs updating. Yes, the Black Country Accordion Club. So check out the details of Black Country Accordion Club online. Pop a little Google in there and you'll see all sorts that you've been up to. For now, Barry Smith, thank you for joining us. Pleasure, thank you. All the best. Take care. Stay safe. <laughs> Marie Burrows of Wild Wolf Movement is bringing chair yoga to the LGBT plus sparkle team. I'm joined now by both Marie and Paul Ryder from the group. Hello. Good morning. So first of all, Marie, tell us a bit about chair yoga and what's involved. Well, chair yoga is really wonderful because it enables um, people with limited mobility or who aren't able to get and get onto the floor to join mat-based practices to still enjoy the benefits of yoga. In a typical session, we usually combine 
some mindful movements with some breathing techniques and meditation. Because, because yoga itself has, has gone through various stages of fashion, hasn't it? And uh, uh, <laughs> even down to when we had a bit of yogic flying in the late 80s, which is, I think, maybe you know, a radicalist group who aren't really yoga practitioners. But I mean, it, it is very much a brilliant way of not only keeping yourself supple, but also having that moment and getting your body in tune with itself definitely that i think it, it really helps you foster a mind-body connection um, which sounds relatively simple but so many of us i think have really lost touch um with our body and listening to ourselves in our fast-paced kind of culture so it's really important for ourselves so, Paul, when you were first talking about this for LGBT plus Sparkle, it's, it's another great way of getting the community together and everyone feeling a bit healthier. Yeah, it's, um, it's obviously it's LGBT Sparkle or yoga, but everyone is welcome to join. So it's not just the LGBT community. So it helps to engage and reach out to other communities. So when are you guys getting together then? When are your events? Now I am facilitating a chair yoga session every Thursday from 1 until 1.45 p.m. And that's actually in conjunction with WVSC and um, LGBT Sparkle Plus. Um, the group originated um, with the... I started doing the group, the sessions with LGBT plus Sparkle last year, and then WVSC went on to um, continue to fund those sessions to continue them, and ha it has opened up and even more people um, are joining, which is wonderful. Yeah. And something that you say that you can do from the comfort of your chair, but if, if you wanted to be a bit more ambitious, you could get a mat out and sit on the floor. <laughs> yes. Definitely. Um, I also offer different mat-based sessions for those who are looking for that. So when it comes to yoga, what are the important things that we, we need to know to prepare ourselves for a session? Because I assume you've got to wear the right type of clothing to make it comfortable. Yes. Well, the, the main, the, <laughs> there's this kind of misconception that we have to be clad in lycra and flexible to do yoga, but that is not the case at all. You just need to wear comfortable clothing that you can move in and that you feel comfortable comfortable in that's not constricting and you don't have to be flexible to do yoga it's by practicing yoga you actually become more flexible and it's how flexible your mind is not your body whether you're open to the experience Paul I mean what have you personally gained from this you must have been enjoying doing the sessions yourself um yes I really enjoy them yeah I can't attend all the time obviously because I'm, I'm busy but when you are there you're making the most of it and are there any moves that have really helped you in particular um, all of it, really. So you've been able to keep this without cost for those who are involved, and this is all ties in with WVCS as well. It's a WVCS social prescribing. It's, uh, um, it's funded through health funding and run by Wolverhampton Voluntary Sector Council. The purpose of the service is to connect people with local groups and services which help to improve their well-being by helping them to socially connect to others. So the work that they're doing enables you to do this and brings Marie uh, to the, the group. Uh, I want to go, Marie, this is something that you, you do as your main role. And it must be interesting moving this online. And, uh, you know, although you'd normally be able to sit down, chat and talk with your clientele directly, that is something which I suppose you can also do through one-on-one -on -one sessions that you also offer. Um, it's been very interesting during the last year moving sessions to online and at first there was a lot of kind of trepidation around would it work and getting used to all the new technology but people have responded very well to um, online sessions um, and it has really 
Um, it's really enabled um, us to foster a sense of community, actually, despite being in separate places and the group energy of practicing all together, even online um, through the computer, is definitely kind of palpable and very different to, for example, watching a YouTube video. And as you say, yes, I also offer one-to-one uh, -one sessions and I do corporate um, well, well, workplace wellness programs with businesses trying to foster um, wellness in the workplace also through mindful movement and meditation because I'm just so passionate about sharing the benefits of it with everyone. So where can we go for all of your details and your socials? You can find me at www.wildwolfmovement.com um, You can find me on Instagram through the handle wildwolfmovement and you can find me also on Facebook um, forward slash facebook.com forward slash the wildwolf movement so check well. out all the details there and find out how that can work for you paul where are all the details for these sessions that you've got taking place um they will be on lgbt sparkle um and we've got a facebook page um so the details will be on there as well also marie had 30 people join it was that popular i don't know if marie wanted to say a little bit more <laughs> yes, we had a lot of interest um, in, we, it was only our first session actually um, after Christmas and this week and we had an overwhelming amount of interest to the point where the, the session is actually um, nearly full now, um, so perhaps we could look at funding to put a second session on even because there seems to be a huge demand for um, chair yoga as, as I said before I think a lot of people maybe think oh yoga I can't do it because they are perhaps um, chair bound or their mobility or flexibility is limited but that doesn't have to be the case I really want to try and make it as accessible to anyone who wants to join in. Well, it sounds absolutely amazing. Look for the private group LGBT plus Sparkle on Facebook and ask to join there and you can be part of these sessions. And I say it's one where everybody is welcome. Uh, the plus basically means everyone, doesn't it, Paul? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. That's the way to do it. Well, it sounds like a, a brilliant uh, initiative. Thank you both for joining us. Keep up the good work and we look forward to uh, people being a lot more flexible, all from the comfort of their armchairs. Marie and Paul, thank you for joining us. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Jason. That's all for this week. Thank you so much for joining me back with episode 606 next week. I'll see you then. Ta-ra for now. Goodbye from the milk bar. Goodbye from the milk bar. Goodbye from the milk bar. Goodbye from the milk bar, yeah. Goodbye from the milk bar, yeah.